You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Featuring Patrick Dumont. Maddie's back Friday. Friday is his day back. Yeah. But you'll hear him on the station tomorrow because he'll be doing a remote down to Chinook. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Maddie Rose back a Friday on the uh, the big show at the bottom of the hour. Your chance to win a $50 gift card from VK Bruco and some swag from VK Bruco as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Looking forward to that. Uh, you're actually going to play along this time. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. I wonder if it has something to do with uh with uh with Mika. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Uh usually I uh I text you the answer. I tell you what the answer is. I get no answer today. And uh you know, you get to play long. Um Azam's going to get the answer uh probably at the break. Uh we're waiting to connect with uh, Mika Kiprasov. So far crickets, which is fine. Uh we'll also talk to Adnan Verk from the MLB and uh NHL network. Also, the Cinephile podcast. A couple blockbuster movies coming out, too. I want to ask him about. Yeah. Oppenheimer just, and Barbie. Yeah, it's uh, the Barbieheimer week. It's uh, yeah. a lot of people are doing the duel. Uh, you know, they're going to Barbie in the day and maybe Oppenheimer at night or reverse it. Get the Oppenheimer out of the way early. Oh, we got somebody? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's calling now. It's okay. It's all good. Yeah. All right. This happens. Uh, these wait. guys are busy. He's getting his number 34 retired, and uh, we'll, we'll connect with him. We got our guest. We'll talk to Adnan Burke, and uh, we'll talk about Shohei Otani, too. And what does that trade even remotely look like? Like, what kind of pieces? What kind of prospects? Where's the best landing spot for a guy that's the unicorn of all baseball yeah. players? The, the whole trade deadline is going to just... It's all about him. Like, where is he going? Every other player, even Juan Soto, if the Padres decided to trade him when they don't have to, mm-hmm. uh, they could pick up his option, or he has a player option. Um, it's all about Shohei Otani. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the biggest name maybe available to, uh, to to teams at a deadline in some time. And we've never seen a player like this ever before, uh, really before, be available at a trade deadline. So... It's all about can the team acquiring him want to sign him to an extension and does he want to be there long term? Obviously, we've heard that he doesn't want to go out east. He wants to stay on the West Coast, be closer to Japan. So maybe that rules out the Yankees, Mets, you know, Phillies, yep. all those teams on the East Coast from signing him long term. But then I'm looking like, hey, well, Baltimore and Tampa Bay have uh, a lot of prospects. Yeah, we'll talk to Adnan Verk about that. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Calgary Flames legend. He'll have his number 34 uh, retired on March 2nd against the Pittsburgh Penguins down at Scotiabank Arena. Mickey Kiprasov uh, joins us. Uh, Kipper, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for jumping. Uh, how are you? I want to ask you, uh, just take us through the phone call that you got that your number 34 is going to get retired. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's a few weeks few weeks back. Uh, Peter, Peter Hanna calls, calls me and... Uh, told me the news and uh yeah it was pretty pretty good phone call i was uh i was a uh, pretty happy day for me and my family yeah about that uh, honor and uh yeah did you did you ever think this day would come did you ever think this was a possibility actually i didn't think about it too much you know it's uh of course my close friends they always thought it should happen but uh you know uh you know, I didn't think about it. It's so it's so big thing. You know, it's uh, you know nothing you can do 
but uh, right now it's it's happening and uh, I'm uh, I'm super thankful for that. Well, it's obviously a great time uh, for great Calgary goaltenders like yourself and Mike Vernon getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, it's definitely a great time for you guys to be honored for your accomplishments here in Calgary. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, uh, now I I had a couple of days time to think about it, and it's it's so it's so nice, you know. Peter Verney, you know, a great goalie there, and also uh, Iki Lani, you know, those guys. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's unbelievable. My my jersey gonna be next to them there. So uh, yeah, it's super cool. Uh, Mika, we, we've taken a lot of text messages, a lot of reminiscing about your career here in Calgary, about uh, fans and media, their favorite Mika Kiprasov moment. What's your favorite moment as a Calgary Flame? Uh, you know, it's it's so many, so many good memories and uh, nice moments there, but uh, I think still uh, have to go with that 0-4 run. It mm-hmm. was uh Unbelievable, great times, great team, you know, teammates, coaching, everything. It was uh, it was uh, super cool. I was just my first year there, and, you know, so I have to say that. Uh, Mika, from your from your vantage point, was that puck in or no? <laughs> oh, what? Sorry? Was, was the puck in from where you were sitting uh, in game six? Was that puck in? Oh, for sure it was in. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mika, uh, you you came along in a time where there, you know, it was the starting of uh, of the big Finnish explosion of of goaltending. You know, talk about those guys like Nick Backstrom, Pekarine, your former teammate in San Jose, Vesitoskala, about about the days in Finland, about and then making it to the NHL. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, uh, it was pretty good, uh, you know, uh, good goaltending coaches in Finland that time. Uh, a lot of, a lot of good coaches, and uh, yeah, I, I was working with. Um, wanted to ask you um, that trade from San Jose to Calgary, and your career just, uh, just transformed into one of the best goaltenders in the NHL after leaving San Jose. When, when did that kind of flip for you, Mika? We lost him. Yeah. It's all right. Okay. Oh. Technology. Yeah, it's it's got to go through a, a lot. But yeah, it was just, you know, a little bit of Mika and, and whatnot. The puck was in. The puck was he in. Said, from his vantage point, yeah. the puck was in. And again, it's really cool that him and Mike Vernon uh, being honored uh, for their accomplishments mm-hmm. in this city. In the same and year. It, and... and yeah, exactly. It's a one and one A on who the greatest goaltender is in this uh, on this organization. Exactly, and Vernon uh, helped Kipper a lot, you know, in his early days here in Calgary, you know, helping him along and just and whatnot. So it was, it was, it's, it's, it just seems apropos that they both go in, uh, they both get honored in the same year. Uh, yeah, too bad we we lost connection there with with Kipper, but uh, well, well, we'll try to reconnect we'll try. with him. Yeah, he's calling back. Oh, he's calling uh, back. Look, oh, yeah, calling well, back. absolutely. Oh, okay, uh, we we got to reconnect uh, with Mika Kippersoff, and again, just incredible honor getting his number thirty four retired. Uh, March 2nd against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We talked about it. Game, starts, wins, shutouts, goals against, save percentage. All the franchise leader uh, for the Calgary Flames. Mika Kiprasov joining us again on the Alice Pizza and Sports Park Hotline. Sorry about that, Mika. Sometimes that happens when you're on a cell phone. Oh, yeah, I think it was me. I'm at the cabin. It's uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, 
not not great connection, but I hope it works now. Yeah, it's all good. I was just I wanted to ask you uh, when you left San Jose and came to Calgary. When was that point where you realized it and your career kind of took a turn to being one of the best goalies in the NHL? When, when did that switch kind of flip for you here in Calgary? Yeah, it's it's hard to say exact moment, but uh, you know, for me, it was. Uh, uh, pretty big, you know. I I knew I gonna get traded when I went to San Jose's training camp, and uh, you know I was working real hard. I knew I might gonna get one more chance to be starting goalie, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it was uh, it was right away. You know when I came in the room, I I saw the players, I knew the coaches, and uh, it was good feeling. You know, it's uh, it was great bunch of guys. Uh, I I felt I'm part of the team right away. And, you know, and it was good team, good good team to be goalie behind. They play great defense and hardworking guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't know exact moment, but you know, I feel lucky. I was, I did get traded that on that team for sure. What did Daryl Sutter mean to your career, Kipper? Uh, he means a lot. I don't think you can talk about my career without talking about Daryl. You know, he was. Uh, he was coaching in San Jose, and uh, then, uh, then of course in Calgary, and uh, he gave me chance and uh, to play. And uh, uh, I think I, I learned a lot, lot from him, like uh, how how much it takes to be starting goalie and uh, how much you have to work. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think he's a great coach and a great guy. I um, really, he- really need, need to thank him too. Um, he, he's definitely said uh, it was a lot easier just uh, writing. He knew he was starting goaltender was uh, every night, and it was you. Uh, when you look at some of the games you played, uh, 74, 74, 76, 76, 73, 71, 70 in a stretch with the Calgary Flames. We just don't see that with goaltenders anymore. Um, was it just the fact that you just wanted to be in net every single day uh, to give your team a chance to win? Because now, Kipper, we just don't see that anymore in the NHL. Yeah, of course I wanted to play a lot, but also you know it's uh, yeah you know usually before the season you 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 make the plans like how many games you wanna play and uh, uh, when you need the rest and stuff like that. But usually uh, when you're fighting for the playoff spot, uh, it's uh, you it's easy to change the plans and <laughs> play more and stuff like that. So uh, I think a few 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 seasons there I played more. That was planned because just uh, fighting for the spot and want to make the players. But uh, I didn't mind that, though. It was fun to play a lot. Uh, what was what was some of the things you did to, to, with your body to manage your body to, to get the amount of rest to, to be to be at your best to, to be in that? What what are some of the things you did? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's a big thing to be when you play a lot and. Uh, you know, of course, try to take care of my body, stretching, you know, doing the bike and everything. You know, it's uh, it's hard because you, you want to practice too. You need some uh, quality practices there, but when uh, you play a lot, it's uh, sometimes hard to manage to do it, it all. And uh, so uh, sometimes have to rest even. You feel like you have to work, work something. But uh, yeah, I did my best to, you know, eat well and uh, take care of my body. Uh, I heard yesterday at the end of your uh, your media availability that uh, you're not playing much goaltending goaltender of late since you uh, retired. Uh, Want to tell us about that story? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
I think it's pretty painful yeah. to be goalie when it's uh, people are, you know, fooling around and having good times. I'd rather play before but at those games, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, I like to play goalie when it matters, and uh, you know, everybody's serious. But if it's all fun, I, I'd rather be left wing or something. Did you did you did you lose the equipment in the flood? Yeah, I did actually. I, I hmm. I'm blaming Depot <laughs> Depot there because uh, I told him I might. Uh, after that, I said like I might want to play again, but I I have no stuff equipment, so it's uh, it's on Depot for sure. Um, uh, Kipper, I'm sure if you wanted to play in an alumni game in net, I'm sure they could get you some equipment. I'm sure the Calgary <laughs> Flames can make that happen. Get you that mask back. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's good goalies there. I think I, I would love to play with those great players, but play out alumni game, so <laughs> maybe someday. Um, Calgary Flames legend uh, Mickey Kiprasov, uh, the number 34, will go to the rafters of the Scotiabank Saddleome on March 2nd versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Mika, terrific stuff. Thanks for this. Congratulations. Uh, and we'll see you uh, for your retirement ceremony, which should be a lot of fun. Thanks for this. Thank you. Have a good one. There he is, uh, Mika Kiprasov on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Maybe. Alumni game, maybe. Hey, hey, I mean, if he wants to. I mean, like, I know him and Brent Cron would go at it, probably. You have Cron on the other team. You have Kipper on this team. Let's yeah, go. that would be a blockbuster <laughs> matchup. That would be great. <laughs> be a, it would be great. It would be. <laughs> Again, he's, he's saying so many memories. Like, what's your best memory of oh, Mickey Kipper's uh, The 4 run he talks about, but that series against Detroit, it's the middle series. Not a lot of people get to talk about that one mm. because... Uh, they really had no chance. Detroit ran them out the building in a lot of those games. And if it wasn't for number 34 and some timely goals, yeah. they're probably not winning that series against Detroit. And they're probably not getting to the conference final. So I look back at that series against Detroit as one of my favorite memories. It was early on, but then there's the, you know, the Scorpion save, the paddle save against Vancouver in 2009. Uh, God. Yeah. Just like, just, the masks, uh, texting, you know, I, we didn't get it in, but yeah, the masks, like it, the skulls, the, the red, it was just, it was always the best uh, watching him. It was, yeah, just so many memories of him. But yeah, it was that 04 run, the Detroit series, I think, stood out like this yeah. guy is something. Uh, again, March 2nd, uh, the number 34 uh, will join uh, Mike Vernon, Jerome McGinley, Lanny McDonald as the only retired numbers for the Calgary Flames. Uh, the MLB trade deadline is at the end of the month. Two weeks. Uh, Shohei Otani is uh, the headliner. Uh, also, a couple gigantic movies opening this week. It's been a minute since we've talked to our next guest, uh, MLB NHL Network host, also the Cinephile Podcast on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Rec. We say good morning to Adnan Burke. Hello, friend. How are you? Doing great, George. Great to reunite, man. How you been? Hope your summer's been fantastic. Uh, it's been great. Uh, thanks for jumping on, uh, Adnan. I uh, want to ask you, like, is there anybody else that we even care about at the MLB trade deadline except for Shohei Otani? <laughs> well, it's pretty funny because I'm doing a couple of shows today. I'm in for Mad Dog Russo at 11 a.m. Eastern. Are you going to scream and yell like he does the whole time? Oh, oh absolutely, George. Just wait. I'm, I'm just going to get caffeinated <laughs> like you wouldn't believe in the next 30 minutes. But, like, every guest we have on, they're like, okay, we're going to talk to Tani. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to talk to Tani. And I'm like, any issues with that? I'm like, no. I'm like, he, he literally is 
the supernova of the sport right now. Everybody wants to talk about him. If you're not a baseball fan, you still are curious about Otani. So it really should be, you know, as you guys know, play the hits. Every five minutes, there should be Shohei Otani's name mentioned on MLB Network. And specific to the trade deadline, you know, you have to start framing things as who's the most impactful player not named Shohei Otani who could be traded? Because, of course, Otani would be incredible. Now, I remember Bo Porter was standing to me, former Astros manager. We had him on set maybe about a month ago. And he said to me then, he said, you got to trade him, but here's how you do it. And I said, okay. I said, well, what's the package? He goes, you know, two top prospects, two everyday players. He goes, let's be more than that. And then he talked to these John Heyman's, Tom Berducci's guys that actually know these things. No, no, no. Artie Moreno would want like three of your top prospects in the top ten in addition to like three everyday players. I'm like, wow. So we're like six for one. Like, I was like, we're, we're going to get to Herschel Walker territory potentially. Right. Like, well, yeah, this guy's on pace for 60 home runs. And he can also strike out 250 batters. Like, it's, it's video game numbers. But Bo's idea to me I thought was fantastic. He said, here's what you do. You go, I want this insane package, but you also have to take Anthony Rendon's contract. So now if you're mm. resetting the franchise, you go, okay, we're not going to pay Otani $500 million. But we're also getting out of the albatross of Rendon. We still have Trout's contract, which is hefty. As great a player as he is, he's hurt way too much. Trout has not played 140 games since 2017. I believe he's only done it once since then. Wow. So whatever. You pay Trout because Trout is a three-time MVP. But I can tell you right now, that contract already is not going to look good in a few years, diminishing returns, et cetera, as great as Trout is. But you deal Rendon because the team getting him doesn't care. They'll take on the money. Fine. Hey, by the way, you're going to take Rendon in that ridiculous contract, and you get Otani, and you get all these prospects. I don't think it happens. I don't think any team is that crazy. And I don't think Artie Moreno wants to be known as the guy who traded Shohei Otani. Like, Cameron maybe made a point to me last night. He was like, when you're watching these games, you're getting 40,000 in there. Look behind, like, center field or even home plate. It's all like Japanese signs and, like, companies and stuff. He said, you have no idea how much revenue the Angels are getting from Japanese companies because they have Shohei Otani on their team. I don't even know what the number is. Even two months, if you keep Otani, right, August and September, the gate – plus the Japanese revenue. I don't even know what that number is. So he's yeah. probably thinking in his head, all right, if I don't trade him, I still get to be able to say he's one of the greatest angels ever. He's one of the greatest players ever, and he spent four years in this organization. He's going to win two MVPs, and it's still pretty cool. I think that's his mindset, unless somebody literally blows him away with the offer of the century. That Rendon thing's not going to work. It has a lot of Juan Soto, Patrick Corbin vibes, right? When it was like, oh, you can trade for Juan yeah. Soto if you take Patrick Corbin's contract. Well, that didn't end up happening. That's not going to happen here. Like, they can't let that asset just walk for nothing, though, right, Adnan? I totally agree with everything you just said, but, man, like, the, the package you can get for that guy, and if he's just going to leave and go to cross town to the Dodgers or San Francisco, I don't know, stay on the West Coast, there's no way you can, just as an organization, let that happen, can you? Or they're the angels and they make stupid decisions all the time, so this will be par for the course. <laughs> no, I think it's the first one, George. Listen, if I'm running the Angels, if I'm Perry Manazzi, if I'm Artie Moreno, I'm making the trade. I'm, I'm calling all those teams you mentioned. Dodgers, Mets, Giants, Mariners, Braves, Rays. All right, fellas, we got until August 1st. Give me your best offer. And by the way, I've called all these other people as well. Just, you know, right like a bidding war. I'm selling the house, and there's six people who are interested in the house. You give me your best offer, and I'll call you back. And that's what I would do, because I'm with you. I, I can't lose something for nothing. I will be known as the guy that traded Otani, but guess what? I reset my franchise, and I'm with you. Bo's idea, as much as I like it, I don't think the team would take on the Rendon contract. It's just too much of an albatross. Maybe it'd be like you pay 50% of it, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to work out. Bottom line is this. I got the best asset in the sport. Maybe in the history of the sport, you got two months of him, and you get a leg up on signing him. So who wants in? And I would make the move, because ultimately you would get an incredible package back for him. And here's the bottom line. You're not going to make the playoffs. 
This is fool's gold, this nonsense that the Angels are, you know, five games out of the third walk. Let's be honest. You're not making the playoffs, dude. Are you kidding? Traps not even there until September. Otani is Superman as he is. Can't carry this team by himself. Mickey Moniak, good game last night. Joe Adele hopefully can step up. I'm not saying they don't have a few players that can contribute, but they're not a playoff team, quite simply. You look at that wild card, and it feels like it's going to be whoever doesn't win the East out of Orioles and Rays, Jays, and then Astros. Like, the Yankees could be on the outside looking in. The Red Sox could be on the outside looking in. And let me tell you something. The Angels are not better than the Yankees or the Red Sox, especially once the Yankees get Judge back, which I believe they will do within the next couple of weeks. I'd say by August 1st, Judge is playing for the Yankees, and the Red Sox, I believe, could make some moves as well. So you have to look hard in the mirror, George, and go, we're not a playoff team. i got to get something for them, and I'm going to get a really good package. Let's just make sure we hit on it. Uh, and then Baltimore and Tampa Bay, two teams you mentioned there, and I, obviously they have the prospects to do it. Uh, what would – obviously – Shohei doesn't want to. He seems like he's he's stuck on the West Coast. What, would teams that hey we only got a couple months of Shohei, but it means hey we got a World Series. Would they still do it, knowing that they have to send out all those prospects? Well, that's where it gets tricky, Eric. Right? Because you're gonna, you're going to make the trade and say we're doing this with the expectation we're going to sign him. Because if you end up giving up three top ten prospects and let's say two everyday players. For two months of a guy, then that's insane. I mean, that, that literally is a, a terrible deal if you watch. But is it worth the risk? Probably. I mean, if you're the Mets, it's probably worth the risk. Although, I look at their team, and Francisco Alvarez looks like a player. A couple home runs last night. He's 21 years of age. He's got 19 home runs. He'd have to be involved in that package. And this guy could be a great hitting catcher for the next decade. But, yeah. oh, well, okay, fine, we'll do it. Brett Beatty, young player, not bad so far. Vientos hasn't done much. Like, the Mets don't really have many prospects. So you'd have to give up your best prospect, which is Alvarez, and then throw in a bunch of crap. And still, I don't think it'd be good enough. The Angels would go, nah. You have to look at the teams who have the prospects who are very rich in the system. And which teams are that? It's the Dodgers. It's the Braves. It's the Rays. Mm-hmm. Again, Cam even said to me last night, dude, the Braves could do it because they've got so much young talent under club control. Ozzy Alves, great contract. Acuna, great contract. You don't put those guys. So I'm saying guys who are behind them, you could trade. And you trade one of your big stars. In order to get Otani, you could do that. The Rays, like once Eric Neander said the other day, oh no, we, we could have a conversation with them. I'm like, oh really? Because the Rays always have pitching up and down. And one of the Angels needed for years is pitching. So if it's a team that only gets him for a couple of months, of course they'd be dismayed. But the teams that are going to have the best chance of getting him are those teams that have a rich pipeline of prospects which would be the, the usual suspects, the Dodgers, the Rays, the Braves. How terrible would that be for just baseball if he went to go pitch at the Trop for the Rays and there's 5,000 people instead of 4,000 people <laughs> in that stadium? You'd have to hope, George. God yeah, like, it, please no. Showing up at the Trump. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm with you. I, I, I'm looking, you know, God willing, I just got to go to the All-Star Game on MLB Network, so I'm hoping to go to the World Series. I start looking at, like, potential matchups, and I'm like, oh, I haven't been to that stadium in Texas yet. Hopefully it wouldn't be too hot in October. Wouldn't mind seeing the Rangers. And I'm just picturing October baseball and I'm going to Tampa. Now Tampa's a fine city, but the Trop, as you mentioned, is a yeah. destination for the World Series. And I still have bad memories of the Phillies and Rays and just how that looked on TV and watching those games. So you're right. You have to look at it just as a baseball fan. You try yeah. to be objective, but you go ultimately, I think he goes to the Dodgers. I don't see any way he doesn't go to the Dodgers. I really don't. Because I get to stay in Southern California, right? Never rains, 80 and sunny, because that's good. I get to go to a better franchise, a franchise that has actually won a World Series in the next few years. Great. It's an ownership that will spend whatever it takes. They've got the highest salary in baseball. So I'm going to get my $600 million. If I don't want too much pressure, I've still got Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw to rely on. And it's still a three-hour flight home to Japan, which is exactly where I'm in L.A. and I want to go back home. 
Like, I don't, I don't see any reason why he doesn't sound the Dodgers. Someone tried to say Mariners, they go, that's, a, that's an inferior option to the Dodgers. Like, yeah. what's the, what, what does Seattle have that is better than Los Angeles? The Ichiro like, connection is hero. That's the only thing I could see, right? Right. The only thing. Someone said to me, hey, huge Asian population. Ichiro, he carries the torch. But okay, that's a cool story. Does that mean I'm going to go there for 12 years and $600 million? But no. Or just when I go to Seattle, I'll be treated like a hero, and that's about it. Like, yeah. I, I'd rather, it's better weather in L.A. It's a better team. It's a better franchise. It's Dodgers all the way for me. No brainer. Uh, Adnan Verka, MLB NHL Network host, the Cinephile Podcast, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show Russick and Rose with Patrick Dumas, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, are the Blue Jays just making sure what Manoa is going to look like right now? Started last night, got rocked by the Padres. Maybe a little bit of bad luck mixed in there, though. But aren't they just saying maybe would they? They I don't know if they rushed him back now, Adnan. Maybe they just want to see if he can regain anything. Otherwise, they really have to go out there and get another starting pitcher. Is is that what you think? Maybe what Ross and Mark are thinking in Toronto? It felt a little quick to me, George. If you're going to sit him down to literally the lowest rung of the minors, and that first start, he gets blitzed. I'm thinking, I thought he'd get called up around July 20th, July 22nd. He'd get two starts, and they'd say, okay, is he ready or not? If not, we got to go get an arm of the trade deadline. Instead, he gets called up before the break. Now, again, I kind of got what the thinking was. Perhaps, hey, let's get him a good start before the All-Star break. He's going to take a week and feel good about himself and feel confident and keep working back towards the guy he was a year ago. And we'll have him face the Tigers, who are toothless. They have the third fewest runs per game, and that's exactly what happened. He faces the Tigers. He looked good. He had good control. He goes in the All-Star break, feels good. And I guess the Padres last night looked terrible. And it's the same issue again with the control. Five walks, six walks, whatever it was, five runs. Homer Soto got squeezing a couple of pitches, I think, which is why Pete Walker got tossed out of the game, the pitching coach. But, hey, that happens, man. You've got to overcome whatever adversity or difficulties you're facing. So I think the thought was, let's see as much of Alec as we can before that trade deadline. So by bringing him up and that start against the Tigers, you're getting at least four or five starts before the deadline. And that should be enough to make that determination. Is he the guy he can be a year ago or even an innings eater? Quite frankly, Gossman is a Cy Young candidate. He's your true ace. And Barrios with a three-and-a-half ERA is back to being a legit number two. Manoa just has to be a number three, right? Rio's on the way at some point. Kikuchi's been better than advertised. Bassett's hit and miss, but he's fine as a four or five. Like If Manoa can be a three or a four, an innings eater, for God's sake, they'd be happy with that. But I'm not sure they can count on that. So I think you've got a couple more starts from Manoa. And if he's not the guy, you've got to go out and get a starter. That clearly is something the Jays would need. What is uh, your take on uh, the Malachi Moore throwing out of Pete Walker yesterday? I know Twitter was all up on it. Mound visits are supposed to be 30 seconds. Uh, Walker didn't even look at Moore, and he was gone within 10 seconds. Uh, what did you make on uh, Malachi Moore being the center of attention yesterday? Well, it was funny, Patrick. I was working last night watching the game with former Blue Jake great Dan Plesak, and, and Dan started laughing, so you know what that was. Walker is clearly blasting Malachi Moore yeah. to Manoa, but he's not looking at him, right? So he's figuring, it's okay if I'm crapping all over the sky, but I'm not looking at him. Malachi Moore's like, wait, you can't just, like, mother F me and just <laughs> turn your back and figure, well, it's okay. Like, I can still hear everything you're saying. That's it. You're gone. So I thought it was a pretty funny approach by Pete. Like, hey, don't listen to this, you know, this guy over here. Like, wait, wait, I, I'm the guy you're talking about? That's it. You're out of here. And I was curious how often Pete Walker gets tossed. Our research, because the last time he got tossed was 
last June. So uh, Pete Walker is good for an ejection once a year to stick up for his pitchers and get upset. But uh, I'll stop with the boys in blue on this one. Hey, man, you're talking crap about me. You can't just toss me. You know, uh, I'm with Malachi Moore. All right, all right, all right. But I think Pete was, but, but, but I think Pete was purposeful in what he was doing, right? That, that, that was a blown call with Malachi Moore yeah. on Soto. Should have been strike three, and then Soto gave up the home run. So naturally mm-hmm. he's fired up and he's getting upset. But I, I think he was warranted in his frustration. But I think Malachi was warranted to toss him. Uh, Adnan, a uh, couple blockbuster movies uh, opening up this week. Uh, how excited are you to see Oppenheimer? Can't wait, man. I uh, my old, One of my old ESPN friends had messaged me, said, I want to go see it with you. And I was like, okay. And I, I, I mean, if you could be deflated over text, you'd be able to feel that. Because I like to just go by myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. With I don't a blanket? Want to learn, you know, any social skills. Correct. No, no blanket. I said to go by myself. Okay. And ignore the world. So I'm like, and I have to go see it with this guy. So Thursday, I'm working a double again. And I was like, I can go see a 9 o'clock IMAX by myself. Just crank it out. Not going to worry about his schedule. And he's like, well, you know, Thursday doesn't work for me. And uh, Saturday, I'm working. I'm like, oh, my God. So Oppenheimer, to answer your question, George, I would be seeing it the first available screening. But because I have to wait for this guy, I will be seeing it Sunday at 6.30 in IMAX. However, I went to the theater yesterday, 10 minutes away from me in Paramus, New Jersey, just to physically buy the tickets. I was astonished. For a 6.30 showing on a Sunday on IMAX, it's already seventy percent sold out. So wow. anybody, you know, to quote the great Mark, yeah, the great Mark Twain line: "The rumors of my device were greatly exaggerated." Everybody says movie theaters are done. No, no, this is a three-hour film about a guy who built the atomic bomb. It's not exactly a Marvel movie, and it's going to be boffo business because it's Christopher Nolan and it's an all-star cast, and the rave reviews are in. So I'm going to see Oppenheimer then, and shockingly. I will see Barbie before Oppenheimer because, as I said, Saturday is the day that I'm off, and my mm. wife wants to see Barbie, so we get the sitter lined up then. So I'm going to see Barbie Saturday afternoon, Oppenheimer Sunday night. As they're calling it, Barbenheimer. I'll be locked yeah. in for both, and I'll have a new episode of Cinephile on Monday with reviews of both. What, what kind of like what kind of audience is Barbie geared towards here? So it, it's funny. Margaret Robbie had a great quote the other day. She goes, "It's for people who love Barbie and played with Barbies and girls that think she's like a feminist icon and something cool." But it's also going to be tongue-in-cheek and subversive and funny and self-parodying and mocking what Barbie can be. But then mm. the same breath she said, when you're trying to make a movie for everybody, sometimes it's for nobody. And I thought that was a great quote she said. Like, you got to take an angle on this thing. Now, I read a couple of reviews that it was really good, fun, silly, confectionery. But I'm curious. I think that it's a really good point she makes. When you're trying to be, like, tongue-in-cheek but also prop something up, it may not necessarily work. But I like the trailer. It looks like great eye candy. It's funny. It's got a great cast, obviously, with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. But, yeah, it's aimed at Barbie lovers, but maybe a few people would like to take a couple shots at Barbie as well. Subversive would be the word I'm looking for. Hmm, interesting. I, I got to see both now. I, I want to see, obviously, Oppenheimer first. Do them in the same day. No, yeah. I'm not going to do, do that. Do the Barbenheimer no. same day. Just get one at opposite ends of the spectrum. Patrick's right. A lot of Patrick's right. A lot of people are saying I got to go see both the same day. But I'm with George. I'm like, why the hell would I? Yeah. I mean, there's so few good movies out there. You think I'm going to spread it out it in one day, two in one shot? Like, no, way. spread it out exactly. Um, and then is uh, Margot Robbie the biggest uh, woman star in Hollywood right now? You know, I, I think it's really a case could be made. If you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said Jennifer Lawrence. You yep. know, she was at a stretch after Silver Linings Playbook and making superhero movies that she was there. But her last couple of films haven't been as strong. No Hard Feelings came out this summer, summer comedy. It did okay relative to business, but wasn't a smash. But Margot Robbie, you can make a case because she does Wolf of Wall Street, relative unknown, when she blows away Scorsese and Leo in the audition process, then quickly amasses her own production company, makes a terrific film with I, Tonya. 
which I interviewed yes. her for for Cinephile, of course, the Tanya Harding movie. So, hey, I got my dramatic chops here. I can do Wolf of Washington, that, but I can also make a big boffo box office movie, Suicide Squad, I'm Harley Quinn. I'm the best part of that movie, which is generally forgettable. And then I can go and be in Barbie, which feels like something yeah. that could be, again, big audiences, a lot of money, but also something that critics will appreciate. So she's really smart at navigating what George Clooney once said, one for me, one for them, meaning one for the audience, but then one for the critics and for your own personal taste. So I, I think you're right, man. She's definitely a, a brand unto herself at this point. I, I watched I, Tanya. Like, even through all that makeup and stuff, they still couldn't cover up the hotness at Dan. It was still, it was still peeking through. Oh. Like no, it's, 100%. It's I mean, insane. It, it, it helps when you're statuesque. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, I want to get your thoughts. I saw Indiana Jones in the movie theater. Did you see it? You know what? Actually, it didn't. And I just was busy. I was busy with my Don't. brother last week in Wisconsin. We're going to the kids. So I, I haven't been in a rush. It's rare that he sees the movie before me. But I've heard a little bit about it. I mean, I, I, at this point, because it's been so long ago, I probably have to see it on streaming at this point. But yeah. all I heard about that I was really excited about was the scene where he's in central in the subway system i think in new york riding a horse i'm excited for that alone yeah uh, yeah well um, again uh, it's way too long and the and just the payoff yeah. is just ridiculous at the end but uh i'm yeah, not gonna I heard ruin the it for first you half is better than the second half i mean i guess there's some great yes in morocco or something like that yes yeah, okay. the first half is better than the second half uh i, I will give you that right. uh adnan verk uh mlb you're right george i saw that you are right i saw that runtime and i was already skittish 158 minutes Oof. for yeah. an 81-year-old man. It's too yeah. much. Yeah, he's uh, good for him. Harrison Ford, uh, keep going. Keep making those uh, bangers of movies. Well, that one wasn't a banger. Um, and then terrific <laughs> stuff as usual. We'll talk to you soon, pal. George Patrick, thanks so much, boys. Be well. Thanks, buddy. Um, there he is, uh, Adnan Verk on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, guest hotline, MLB, NHL Network, uh, also the Cinephile podcast are you are you do you like to, i like to go to the movies i, I like I, I like the experience of going to the movies yeah i mean i it's something i haven't really gone to the movies a lot over the over the pandemic i saw cocaine bear i saw uh, lately i've said i saw that i saw a man called auto mm-hmm. in theaters but nothing nothing big but the, these two barbie and oppenheimer uh, Oppenheimer's obviously going to get a lot, a lot of Oscar buzz. Christopher Nolan. He None of these explosions are CGI. He made all these explosions. Yeah, there's so, no CGI in this uh, movie. Absolutely thrilled to see this. Good cast. Matt Damon's in it. Uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah, it's going to be dope, I think. And just, just Obviously, with Oppenheimer, you know what happens. So uh, we, yeah. we like what, we like what happens. But we like to see the story of how that yeah, happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to watch that. Okay, um, we're running late here. We talked to Mika Kipper. Yes. Uh, we talked to Adnan Burke. We got to play Impossible Frames trivia. <laughs> Your chance to win a fifty dollars gift card to vacate Bruco and some swag. We'll do that next to the Big Show. Russick and Rose, no Rose, Andrew, um, Eric, Eric, Patrick Dumas, Sports at nine sixty. The fan. You're listening to the Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. The Big Show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Maddie Rose still on vacation. Andrew slash Eric Dumas in the co-host chair. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's that was. okay. That's okay. It happens. It happens. Um, you get to play Impossible Flames trivia for the first time. Usually, you're the one who knows the answer, and you have to scour the text. I list. don't know shirt today. Okay, well, watch out there. That's why I said shirt. Uh, Azam knows the answer. And in turn, uh, Shan knows the answer. GVP does not. Uh, Azam, how difficult is today's question? Not too bad. Oh, no, come I'm on. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure it's on that scale. 
But I, I think do I have faith in Dumas. I think, ah, I think he'll get well. it. All right, let's do it. Fire it up, GVP. Get your thinking cap ready, because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's impossible Flames trivia question. Ooh, let's ooh, do it. That's how we do it. I give you three current or former members of the Calgary Flames, and you got to find a connection. How I just weave them together. Mm. you got to find it. Okay. By the way, Impossible Flames Trivia brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from Minho's Vacay Bruco and Burwood Distillery. 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at VerandaYYC. That's how you read a spot! Damn right. Boom! All right, here we go. Three current or former members of the Calgary Flames. You got to find the connection. Okay. First name, Paul Byron. Ooh. Paul Byron was born on April 27, 1989. Is a Canadian professional ice hockey left winger who is currently an unrestricted free agent. He most recently played for the Montreal Canadiens of the NHL. Byron was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres in the sixth round, 179th overall of the 2007 NHL entry draft, and made his NHL debut with Buffalo in 2011 before a trade sent him to the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Robin Regeer trade. A native of Ottawa, Byron first played junior B hockey with the Ottawa West Golden Knights in 2005-2006. Tiny Paul Byron, Lord Byron, loved, loved watching Can Paul skate. Byron. Yeah, one of the best skaters. Great wheels. Sven Berchi was born on October 5th, <laughs> 1992 and is a Swiss professional ice hockey forward currently playing for SC Bern in the National League. Swiss. He was selected by the Flames in the first round, 13th overall, the 2011 NHL entry draft, mm-hmm. and made his NHL debut in 2012. Yep. He played in the under-18 World Championship in 2009 and 2010, scoring a goal and two assists in both tournaments for the Swiss, who finished 8th and 5th place, respectively. Okay. The final name, Chris Butler. Ooh. Chris Butler was born on October 27, 1986, and is an American former professional ice hockey defenseman who played in the NHL with the Buffalo Sabres, Calgary Flames, and hometown St. Louis Blues. Chris's mother, Martha, was also an athlete who played field hockey while she attended college in St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis native Chris Butler. Paul Byron, Sven Berchi, Chris Butler all have something in common. 960 960 name and location. You have to put your name and location to win the $50 gift card to VK Bruco yeah. and the swag. Yeah. And please don't put the answer, which some of you will. They haven't been in my kitchen. <laughs> uh, funny story. Uh, I bought a Sven Berchi jersey. Oh, yeah. Uh, the day after the Flames traded again to uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you able, have said Sven Berchi? I do jersey? not. No longer. I no longer have the Sven Berchi jersey. I, I was able to flip it. Oh, yeah, it was number, for what? I uh, just. Uh, I think it was a baseball jersey. Oh, it was a Joe Mauer Twins jersey, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great sideburns on Joe. I Mauer. love Joe Mauer. One of my favorite players growing up. Yeah, very underrated. Uh, uh, incredible catcher. Was the best hitter in baseball yeah. for a nice chunk of yeah. time. Um. Here we go. Um. Last name starts with B. <laughs> Uh, I know Butler and Byron were required. I believe Butler was uh, required. Thanks to my man, Corey, for my ball hockey team uh, texting in. No, uh, Corey, that's incorrect. Uh, you know, I, you know, I don't play favorites when I actually know somebody who texted in. There you and, go. Uh, you can't win unless you get the right answer. Uh, Aaron from Calgary, they were uh, they were second-round picks in their trades. Oh. Ooh. 
That's a very good guess. It's not right, but it's very good. I have a guess, and it's pretty easy. Okay. Out of the way. Get it out of the way easily. They were all in the lineup in Kipper's final game. Ooh. You're getting warm. Ooh. You're getting warm. Uh, Jerry from Calgary. Last names all start with B. <laughs> Frazier and Calgary, the Impossible Trivia. The connection is all they were under six foot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Lyle from Calgary. They all uh, played at least one game with Rhett Warner. Hmm. 960, 960, name and location. Are you ready for hit number one? Yes. The music really never dies in this city. The music never really dies in this city. The music never really dies in this city. Paul Byron, Sven Berchi, Chris Butler. Possible music. Flames trivia. We're playing for a $50 gift card to VK Bruco and some swag from Bur- Burwood. <laughs> Easy for me to say. <laughs> Think of, uh, city, think of some cities that where music is big. Nashville's up there. Music City. Uh, music doesn't die there. Um, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. is a lot of shows. New there. York. City that never Los sleeps. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. The stars. Hollywood. Um, the music never dies in this city. 960, 960. Name and location. Are Vegas you looking at the text around. line? Why are you looking at the text line, Azam? You gotta look what at the are text you line. surfing for? What are you <laughs> doing? There. I have it there. I am multitasking, George. No multitasking. He's obviously not seeing any proper answers, so he's going to go back. Come on, Azam. Uh, Shan, if you're searching something else, I'm going to scold you like I just scolded Azam. I'm going to say, I'm going to rule uh, up Vegas out of that, because Vegas wasn't in the league when Kipper was around. So I'm going to take him out. Oh, Sean and Calgary. What's in common? All related to Robin Regeer trade to Buffalo. Oh. Yeah, well, that's Byron and Butler. Archie was not uh, what I'm looking for, but yeah. good one. Ooh, uh, Adam and Cranston. They all played in Kipper's last game versus Nashville. Oh, we're getting a little warmer now. The final game that year was against Chicago. I do know that. Mm. 960, 960, name and location. Chad's really close. Chad is really, really close. You ready for hit number two? Yes, please. Uh, Forget bananas, pears, pineapples, papaya, Mango, strawberry, raspberry, blackberry. (laughs) An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Damn right, love an apple. Okay, I don't. I can't even. I can't even redo the hint because I named so many fruits there, and I don't know in what order I I did. I've got that connection of a city and an apple, uh, a city where the music doesn't die, and an apple. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Name and location. Shan, that hint. What does that hint do for you? That hint. uh, I I think that's that's a good hint. It it. Gives a lot of it away. You think so? I I, I would say so. Uh, I know Chad is very close, but it's not what I'm looking for. He's close. Chad is exceptionally close. He's on the one yard line. Ooh, Dominic's on the one yard line, but almost there. Adam and Cranston is very, 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 very close. Very, very close. You got another guess? Oh, God. Uh... Uh, uh, Lancer the Rancher, you're very Lancer. close too, but not what I'm looking for. They all, they all, uh, they all had a point in Kipper's final game against the Rangers. You're very close, but not against. No, the you Rangers. know what? They never played the. They never played the East Division in that lockout year. It was only West teams they played. Mm-hmm. They would have never played an Eastern team. Um, you want the third hint? Yes. Uh, it's not one. It's not two. But it's definitely three goals. It's not one. It's not two. It's definitely three goals. 960, 960, name and location. Uh, a lot of these are exceptionally close. Those three all scored in uh, 
the in Kipper's final game against the Nashville Predators? No. Okay. But we're close. Uh, we we have a lot of the similar answer, but we're not there yet. Right? I get, do I have to give you one more? Oh, God. At 960, 960, name and location. Sven Berchi, Paul Byron, and Chris Butler all have something in common, Patrick. You are even stroking your beard right now, trying to think That's of That's when this. I get nervous. Um, God. Um, here's one more hint for you. All right. Uh, red, yellow, and blue are the primary colors. Red, yellow, and blue are the primary colors. 960, 960, name and location. Roy G. Biv. Red, yellow, and blue uh, are the primary colors. 960, 960, name and location. Let me go through the, let me go through the clues again. Paul Byron, Sven Berchi, Chris Butler. The music never dies in this city. Forget bananas, pears, pineapples, blackberries, blueberries, mangoes. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's not one. It's not two. It's definitely three. And red, yellow, and blue are the primary colors. 960-960, name and location. Uh, we're giving away a $50 gift card from our good friends at VK Bruco. Very delicious, too. Had a lunch there. Enjoyed myself. You can also win <laughs> swag for them. 960, 960, name and location. Oh God, We've I... had a ton of, they all had an assist in Kipper's final game against the Nashville Predators. That's almost the answer. Red, just listen blue. to the last hint I just gave you. Red, yellow, and blue are the primary colors. Who do you got? What's the name, Azam? Speak up. Brian has got the answer. Where, sorry? Brian. Brian from Sharpal. Sh- from where? Chaparral. Sorry, my <laughs> I was stretching at the same time. Chaparral. <laughs> my mistake. Uh, congratulations, Brian uh, from where? Chaparral. Okay. Uh, they all had primary assists ah, in Kipper's okay. last career game in Nashville challenge. against the Predators. Congratulations, Brian. You won today's edition of Impossible Flames Trivia. You won a $50 gift card to VK Bruto and some swag for them, too. Uh, Patrick, the difficulty level on that? Uh, it, I'm an you idiot. know I was going to do something I'm not, Kipper. I, I'm an idiot. I knew it was about Kipper Soft. That was, that, was a pretty, that was a tame question. You kept thinking Chicago was his last game. In fact, it was at Nashville okay, against so, the Predators. Okay, so Nashville was his last start. Chicago was the final game that year. So he never no, played. No, Nashville Chicago. was the last game. Was that their final game of, of the his year? career? Oh, the career. So they played. I, I, so he yeah, never he played. He had in a that spectacular game. game at yeah. home. Yeah. And then he lost on the road in Nashville yeah. to the Predators 4 yeah, 3. They ended the season in Chicago. So he never played that final game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. His last start was in Nashville. Yeah. Okay. And he lost. And uh, Chris Butler, Sven Berchi, and Paul Byron all had the primary assists on the three goals the Calgary Flames scored and Mika Kiprasov's. Final game. Brian from Chaparral, or whatever Azam said, <laughs> has won the $50 gift card to VK Bruco and uh, the swag. Uh, congratulations, Brian. Uh, you won Impossible Flames Trivia. It's brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house, in-house VK Bruco and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. What's coming up on Mucho Big Show? 
Uh, open championship right around the corner, so we're going to be uh, running back our chat we had with Cam Stewart. If you want to put a little money down on the tournament, Cam's your guy. Mm. There you go. We'll talk about old Tom Morris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good old Tommy Morris. Uh, that's it for me for a while. Yeah. I'll be off the rest of the week and next week, so uh, please save your texts. Uh, yes, George will be on vacation. Yeah, or going. text him in or whatever. <laughs> uh, you and uh, Logo tomorrow. Yeah, me and Logan tomorrow, and then Maddie's back on Friday. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. If you want to listen to our chat about uh, sugary pop yeah. at and, 6 and, o'clock, uh, do so. Kipper's uh, interview will be on a separate podcast feed. It won't be attached, so you'll just be able to grab the Kipper interview. Cool. And uh, all your own. Sounds great. Uh, that's it for us. Have a terrific day. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.